0: The bottom five. The way, 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 way too early bottom five of the NFL for the 2024 season. And there's going to be some feelings hurt. There's going to be some angry people. There's going to be some hate mail. And uh, we're here for all of it. Uh, 757-687-9494. That's the Ballyhoo's phone line. Also, the text line uh, is open for work as well at that same exact number. I know. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? All right. You ready? Let's go. So, if I'm counting correctly... We start at 28, correct? Yeah, 28, 29, 30, 31. Yes, 28. All right, so 28. And this is going to rub some people the wrong way, but I'm all here for it. Um, They don't have a quarterback right now. They do have a coach that makes a lot of money. Um, But I got the Denver Broncos at number 28 uh, coming up this offseason. They're in a very difficult division that just got even harder because the Chargers made a big upgrade with Jim Harbaugh. The Raiders – finished the season strong, and actually had the same record and better record overall than the Broncos and finished in front of them. And, of course, they have the Kansas City Chiefs in that division. And they are cutting loose Russell Wilson. And they're not really in an obvious position to get a quarterback. So I got Denver at number 28 right now.
1: It's it's surprising to me that I have teams that I believe less in than the Denver Broncos, but they're close. Okay. They're close. Didn't quite have them in there. I'm going to start at number 28. With the Tennessee Titans, because I have no idea, not the first clue what this team is going to look like. I don't Fair. think they have a quarterback either. I don't know what Will Levis is going to be. I don't know what Brian Callahan's going to bring to that offense. I don't know what they're going to look like without Derrick Henry. It doesn't look like he's going to be back. I don't think there's a ton of talent at wide receiver there. And I think the defense didn't overachieve, didn't underachieve. I think they were about even. This year, and I don't know that that's going to get it done in what is going to be an extremely tough division for them, and they are not in a good position to be near the top of it. So I've got the Titans at 28.
0: All right, number 29, and this is going to come off like I'm a big hater. Maybe I am. The New York Giants uh, are going to be at 29. Listen, they didn't have a quarterback either. They have did too well down the stretch. And cost themselves the ability to get quarterback. I just read a story today about Daniel Jones. If that excites you, Giants fans, good for you. Because that should not excite you that Daniel Jones is on the mend. Um At the end of the year, what do we hear? I mean, their defense was the only thing that saved them from being a complete debacle this year. Mm. They fire, you know, the tr- Ryan triplet uh, in the end, Wink Martindale. And what did we hear? We heard that Brian Dayball is a big old blamer. He's on the headset, just blaming people. You know, just cutting people down. Had no solutions for anybody. Uh, they're a mess. I think there's a lot more to that story, and that scab's going to be unpicked this year. So I got the Giants at number twenty-nine.
1: I've got the New Orleans Saints at number twenty-nine because again, Woo! they they just look like a mess to me. Any anybody on that roster that seemed like they were worth a darn outside of Chris Olave is getting really long in the tooth. That is an aging roster at some really important positions. And yeah, their defense was really good. And Dennis Allen has been able to put together some great defenses. But you know what he is? Is he's He is the that coordinator that has plays that he likes to run on defense and has no idea, not the first clue, what he's doing on offense. Derek Carr is going to really, really blow a gasket this year. You saw what happened to him last year when he was playing. He was really out there, man, and I don't see how this team is going to be able to score enough points to compete in a lousy division, never mind for a playoff spot. I got the Saints at number 29.
0: All right, Saints at 29 for Jim, uh, James. Uh, all right, for me, number 30, um, I kind of went back and forth here. I had a couple directions I was thinking about going. Uh, I fell on the team that's picking first in this draft, the Chicago Bears. All soccer. right. Oh, how? What? Okay. And, well, because they're going to be starting over again at quarterback. Uh, yeah, their defense got better. Still don't have a ton of skill guys, and yeah, they still have the same lousy coaching staff that ran them into the tight, ty- you know, it ran them into the uh, iceberg. So, I got Chicago at uh, number thirty right now.
1: Boy, I am here for the Caleb Williams press conferences if that comes true. That's that's gonna get real interesting with him and his dad coming up. This well, he's not gonna be
0: in Chicago. Is. Spoiler alert! But that's a whole other story. Later. Yeah. All
1: right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. So number thirty, I hate them
0: more than you do. The New York Giants.
1: Oh wow. Are you really excited about Daniel Jones? No. Are you excited no. about Tommy Cutlets? No. There's nothing. But his
0: agent, I'm very excited there's about.
1: There's nothing on earth <laughs> to be excited about with this New York Giants team. And, oh, by the way, you're not going to have Saquon Barkley. He's not coming back. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you they won't franchise him. I'm just telling you, Saquon's not playing another down for the New York Giants. It's just not going to happen. So what do you look like without that? You'll probably get a receiver in the draft. I don't know that it really matters because whoever's whoever you're snapping the ball to is going to get murdered back there. So I'm not sure that it really matters a whole lot if you change coaches either, by the way. And the defense, yeah, the defense isn't bad. But you, hired, you fired the guy that was the reason the defense wasn't bad in the first place. So good luck, Giants fans. You're going to be worse than the Jets. You're at number 30.
0: All right. Um... Thirty-one. You had him, I think, earlier in the poll, but I, I think way worse of them. And this staff, I'm not really sure about. Even though I do like uh, Big Daddy Callahan, but the Titans. I mean, they're 31. Wow. You got the mayonnaise eating Will Levis. Probably not going to have uh, Derek Henry anymore. You know, and I think a lot of Rabel as a coach, and he couldn't hold this thing together. And we, they, they've got a lot of pieces to try to figure out here. A lot of moving parts. So They very young and an experienced staff. So I think the Titans are going to take a step back before they're going to make a leap forward. So I got them at 31.
1: Okay. Now, this might hurt some feelings, and I'm sorry, but I I think a lot of this guy long-term, I think eventually he'll build something, but given what he has to work with, I've got the New England Patriots at number 31. I do not see how Gerard Mayo in his first year as a head coach is going to be able to take this team and do almost anything with them that's going to resemble a winner. Oh, by the way, Miami Dolphins are pretty good. Buffalo Bills are pretty good. I don't know what the Jets are going to look like this year, but at least they might have a quarterback. I don't know who's going to be under center for the Patriots. If it's Drake May, good luck to you, because I'm not seeing some great Drake May stuff out there right now. So I've got the Patriots at
0: 31. All right. Uh, as much as things change, they stay the same. At 32, I have the Panthers. I mean, they're they're not going to be able to address enough things this offseason. they got real problems. They still don't have any skill guys. They still have the same crazy owner uh, you know, who's going around scouting with his wife. They have a young, green-as-a-gourd head coach who is doing this for the very first time. Well-meaning well-meaning guy, uh, and I think it's going to be another tough season for the Panthers. So I got them at 32.
1: You know how we said during the coaching carousel, there's always going to be a guy yeah. that'll take the job because there's only 32 it's of them. There's only 32 jobs, yeah. Well, God bless Dave Canales yep. for taking that Panthers job because I've got that number them at number 32. You could give them double the amount of picks as everyone else. You could let them pick twice in every round and they're still going to suck. That's how many holes that this team has to fill. The fact that this team's fallen as far as they have for as long as they have is mind-boggling to me. And I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take to write this ship, or if David Tepper is going to have the patience to let somebody try. But until they show otherwise, the Panthers will forever remain at number 32.
0: All right, there you go. That's our bottom five. Way, way, way too early of the upcoming season. All right, hate mail 757. 687 9494 that's a text line uh, the uh, phone line Valleyview's phone lines up for business as well 757-687-9494 One of our texters is good enough to tell me that roster player 99 in NBA Live 95 I think buried in the depth chart was Michael Jordan. I knew it was, was NBA Live Good stuff, man. I knew Thank, it was you. Be a Thank you. I knew it was one of those. That's didn't from Sam. Thank you Sam. Thank, you. Thank you, Sam. That was Thank a you. good game too, though. Yeah, that was a good game, but I do remember playing with that guy and be like, Yeah, hey, this is totally uh-huh. Michael Jordan, the yep. nameless guy." Good stuff. Thank you, Sam, for a much better memory than mine. All right, I appreciate that. All right, so uh, we'll get to some more stuff off the NFL, including the Steve Wilkes story. We have not investigated that enough today. We'll do that coming up next as well. Why is Steve Wilkes out? There's some interesting theories as to why Kyle Shanahan uh, pushed the uh, coordinator overboard uh, after the Super Bowl. And, uh, obviously, they got to find somebody next. So. We'll do that with you. Don't forget, Chris Finwood, ODU Baseball Coach, joins us at 535. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. The Scott Jackson Show will return after this timeout on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, welcome back. We are uh, coming to you from Chartway Arena. Uh, Chris Finwood, Old Dominion Baseball Coach, will join us coming up in the next segment. They open a series tomorrow, in the season tomorrow, uh, against George Washington Weekend Series here. Uh, at uh, Bubba Thede Stadium. All right, so we were um, a little bit surprised, but may, I don't know, maybe not stunned that uh, coming off what was actually a, a good performance defensively from the Niners in the Super Bowl, they fired Steve Wilkes, And, and we said, look, there's not a lot of guys available. Now. But there are some guys available at this point. It's just worse for Steve Wilkes because there's not any coordinator jobs around the league now except for, of course, San Francisco's. But guess what name has cropped up? You ready for this? I can't wait to hear it. A co- it was a former head coach. He was fired. Also happened to coach on the West Coast last year, last few years. Uh-oh. Yeah.
1: Not that. Not Brandon Staley. Yes, Brandon Staley. Oh, my
0: gosh. Brandon Staley. Pro Football oh. Talk is this report up right now. Um You know, few people believe that uh, Kyle Shanahan fired Steve Wilkes without having an idea of who his successor was. Some around the league think Shanahan will eventually hire former Rams D coordinator Brandon Staley. Staley was fired by the Chargers, obviously, after that uh, Thursday night blowout loss to the Raiders. um, When the Rams lost defensive coordinator Raheem Morris to the Falcons as the head coach, Staley was considered but not hired by the Rams, where Staley worked in the past with Sean McVay. So... You know, there's some knowledge of him. He was in the division against Shanahan, so Shanahan knows what his defenses looked like. Uh, They squared off twice in that 2020 season when he was the Rams DC. Um, They had one game against one another when he was the head coach of the Chargers as well. The 49ers won all those games. But Staley is known for his multiple alignments, aimed at getting the most out of his players. And uh, he's got the flexibility to play the cover three, you know, the Seattle cover three, which apparently is what Shanahan covets. Uh, For his defense – and that will be interesting to see if, if that is what happens. No indication yet when Shanahan will interview Staley. He might be the best option this off season if you don't count Vrabel uh, and Belichick. But I mean, and Pete Carroll's obviously not going to go work there now. But now. if you, I think Vrabel's the best guy of all guys. But again, why would Vrabel do that? Would he be going to be a head coach next year, and why would Shanahan hire guys probably gone in a year? Although they've kind of had this cycle of defensive coordinators. And have gone on. So, so part of the feeling, and I was reading about this earlier today, that is that that ne- Shanahan was never comfortable with Steve Wilkes. Like he didn't like the style of defense he was playing. Uh, you might remember too, th- this defense was um, was struggling. You know, throughout a lot of the season, obviously throughout the postseason right, until right. the Super Bowl, they were not playing up to their standard. They have a very high payroll. There's a lot of talent there, uh, but again, you know, as we were discussing throughout the season, you know. Yeah, it's not easy to replace D'Amico Ryans. You know, not easy before that to replace Robert Sala, but they've been pretty fortunate there. And if you watch the Super Bowl and if you watch the playoffs, it wasn't just that the defense was having issues, the offense was not very good. The offense played halves, right? They played a lousy first half played a really good second half against the Packers lousy first half, really good second half against the Lions uh, in the Super Bowl. They played a wonderful first half of offense to, sh- to score what a grand total of ten points uh-huh. Had no points in the first quarter after moving the ball up and down the field you know had the turnover with McCaffrey uh, stalled out a couple other times, but they they moved the ball but did not deliver and Of course the last drive in or the, f- the first drive excuse me in overtime they had to settle for the field goal. Again, that's an offensive issue, not a defensive issue. Uh, The defense, again, of the 49ers, you know, again, there was a lot expected of them. Didn't quite hit it. They were making trades. that They were bringing personnel in and out during the season. We talked about uh, the Colvin Farrell injury the other day. They had to play Chase Young a lot well uh, as the year went on. So there was a lot of things going on there, right, from the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, to just kind of just throw Wilkes out, it tells you that, Clearly, it wasn't just a knee-jerk off of like, oh, well, he didn't get the last stop in the Super Bowl. There, there's more to the story, right? Like, there was had to be a discomfort level with Shanahan with the defense all year. There's that one play in the Super Bowl, too, where he burns a timeout because he didn't like his defensive formation, which is kind of interesting to see the offensive head coach do that and not the defensive coordinator ask for it. So, anyway, I, I think all these things kind of start to make sense to you, but if you're going to go then sell your fan base on, hey, Brennan Stanley is going to solve all of our problems, man, he sure as hell better hit the ground running next year because people are going to be all over this like vultures.
1: Yeah, I think that this probably was something that was a long time coming and we just didn't notice for with with Wilkes. I think that that timeout, was, that was the last straw. I'm sure that probably wasn't the first time that Kyle Shanahan didn't like the call. Maybe he didn't always use the timeout throughout the season, but I'm sure that's not the first time that happened. This is not something that happens suddenly based on – the performance that they had in the, in the Super Bowl. But I'm not really sure that this is the time you want to hire Captain Analytics because that's who Brandon <laughs> Staley is. That's yeah. how he lost his job, basically, yeah. in, in Los Angeles in the first place. So I, I don't know that you want to pair these two dudes together. I don't know that that's really a recipe for success. And, and Brandon Staley took a lot of defensive coordinator interviews and got zero of those jobs, and if Sean McVeigh didn't want him, that to that sets off a little bit of an alarm bell to me. I'm just saying that that it seems like that's if he was going to go anywhere, he'd go there. And now he's the best of what's left. And when you hire when you when you're going at it from that mentality, that's not necessarily a recipe for success either. So maybe this is a good idea because he plays the style that Shanahan likes. But again, the analytics aspect of this, when you're coming off one of your worst. Analytics performances. I don't know that this is the right one.
0: Well, I mean, and there's just not many choices left, right? I mean, unless again, you're going to get uh, somebody to leave. a... I guess. I, I guess there's always a college coach that'll leave a job because apparently that's clearly a thing, that's with the new thing that happens out here. Uh, maybe maybe there's that, but again, unless you're going to talk Vrabel, and although I don't think Shanahan and Vrabel would be a good match, Vrabel's probably. I don't too see alpha. Vrabel doing that. Anyway. Vrabel's way too alpha for him. Um, <laughs> I don't think that would go well, uh, you know, in that thing, but. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, you know, they're going to take the Kyle Shanahan pinata out here, and I, I can understand it because, look, this is his old man's playbook too. Yeah. Like the season ends, like the offense wasn't great. I'm going to fire my D coordinator. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what he did in Denver for a bunch of years. He couldn't get the defense right. It was always kind of the scapegoat. Um, you know, Kyle, you know, I, again, I don't think this was the collapse of the of the Atlanta Super Bowl. Uh, When he was the coordinator there, certainly not the collapse of the first Super Bowl when they had a ten-point lead going into the fourth quarter, but this is you know somewhat level of a of a collapse in the sense that you just didn't put your team in the best position. I mean, I'm just gone over this overtime thing a zillion times, but you know, anybody who's watched college football overtime more than three times knows that there's a trend here and there's a reason everybody wants the ball second, which right. is so you know what to do. And in this case, in the NFL overtime, where both teams get the opportunity um, on that on that possession to to possess the ball and you know to answer, if you will, and there's no time thing going on here, it's even more a second shot because then you have the four down ability, which you know, which obviously the the, the Chiefs took full advantage of it. You know, so. Anyway, it was just it's just kind of weird, um, you know how how this whole thing's gone down. And again, I I just think all year this has been something that's probably been brewing there. I don't, I don't think it just showed up on Super Sunday and he and he fired him. But he sure as heck better get it right because I mean you do at some point, you know sometimes you know in this situation, especially if you keep coming up short, people are like well what what is gonna fix it for you? You know like you know you're the head coach here, buddy. You know what what is it gonna be? And their offense did not play their best game by any means. I mean, they had some, again, they had some some moments, but they didn't cash in. They didn't score touchdowns uh, like they normally do. And you, you can even, again, go back to the entire playoffs. They were really never at their best. No. Uh, on any side of the ball. It was like just spurts of the games that they played well in. So. That's, that's what he's going to have to answer at some point as well.
1: And we talk about Brandon Staley possibly being the best of what's left. Brandon Staley's going to have to put together staff, too. That's the other part of this. Well, he's going to have
0: to clearly work with whatever's left, right? Because yeah, they've lost a few pieces. That's the
1: only thing that he could yeah. do at this point. Because, yeah. you know, you'd want to bring in your guys usually when you hire a defensive coordinator, right? Well, now you're bringing in a guy that's not necessarily used to working with the guys that are already there. And how's that going to gel? There's no way to know that for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right, coming up, we'll get the update on the other side. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Chris Finwood's going to join us, Old Dominion baseball coach. Uh, baseball season uh, starts on well tomorrow, Friday, uh, with George Washington in town. We'll get his thoughts on the team and what he thinks about being picked sixth in the Sun Belt. And no, if he is, no. it's just going to just go. It's going to get hot all of a sudden, and you know, not to sound like Robert Griffin the Third here, but you know, if 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 it wasn't for <laughs> If they weren't in the Super Bowl three times in the last five <laughs> years, he would have been fired. Like, huh, what? <laughs> but seriously, I mean, you know, uh, it's not like that serious yet. But over time, you know, look, San Francisco, it's a tough fan base, man. They're used to a lot of championships. You know, granted they happened, you know, over 30 years ago now, but still it happened. And this group, as good as they've been, there's going to be at some those spoiled. spoil, but there will be a level – of frustration to the point where uh-huh. you know it, it gets it gets serious if they don't kick the door down and, and win one of these things. So, so it's a it's a gutsy call. And look, it's all on him. I mean, it's there's, all the fingers are going to come back on him if it doesn't work out as they should because he you know he is kind of not kind of he is he has you know he is a, in a sense over John Lynch too right like oh, he yeah. was first and then you know they they work together but. I think people are understanding that he's really the guy that's in charge there. So it will be uh, fascinating to see what uh, develops there if it is, in fact, Brandon Staley, and uh, you know how they how they perform. Because I, I do feel like the defense, as the year went on, kind of went started slide the other direction. But you could also say, like a lot of teams, they had injuries, they had uh, some key pieces missing, they had players like uh, Javon Hargrave who wasn't fully healthy, trying to gut it out and get through the end of the season, and yet. On Sunday, in the biggest game of the year against the defending Super Bowl champs, they held them in check for most of the game. You know, mm-hmm. they they held them in check for most of the game. So there was that. And you know, you, you talking about the defense being tired tired at the end of the game. I go back and think of this two stupid three and outs right out of the gate in this, in the uh, second half when they decided to stop giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was that? You know, like hello. Do you remember remember who's on your team here? <laughs> Remember who the MVP of this game is supposed to be. And then he suddenly
1: remember time that he has him, and yeah. look how that, I mean, almost worked out. Yeah. I just can't say it worked out, but it right. almost did.
0: <sighs> All right, anyway, 757-687-9494, <laughs> 757-687-9494, uh, if you want to hit us up uh, via the Ballyhoo's phone line or uh, the uh, text line at 757 687 uh, 94, 94, but yes, we'll uh, soon enough. I would imagine this thing is done, but I'm I'm of the belief like uh, are 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 the uh, reports off PFT today that you don't fire this guy three days after the Super Bowl if you don't have a plan. Like you, you just maybe you don't announce it right away. Maybe you want to take your time with with announcing it. And, you know, pretty good lean as to which direction you're going with A, B, or C. You know, with you can't just just fire the guy for the sake of firing him because. Uh, you know, then you're then you're putting yourself in a weird spot, because again, you know, unless of course one of these really really uh, decorated head coach slash coordinator guys, like oh yeah, Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel, decides you're going to join you, um, then you're going to put yourself in a uh, in a situation where nobody, whoever you bring in here, they're going to have a lot of scrutiny put on them immediately, especially if it's Staley. I mean, no doubt. I mean, Staley's just he's kind of toxic. <laughs> I mean, not in a, you know, it's not his fault. That's but, putting it mildly. You know, it's kind of like this one of these things. People have kind of felt like he's been over his skis for a while here, and, and you know, the, the part of him that's weird is just how quickly he rose in the ranks, right? Like, it's not even just, hey, man, you know, he just had some bad seasons. I mean, it's, it's like how quickly this guy rose rose you know, being in college and kicking around to you know being a being a part time, uh, you know, just being part of a Sean McVay uh, group there for one season to jump up to this. I mean, it was a one year Rams thing. I mean, he was in college, you know, at John Carroll in 2013. He was at James Madison in 2014. It was John Carroll again for a couple more years. Then a couple seasons as the Bears outside linebackers coach, and one year with the Broncos, and a one-year coordinator. So basically four years in the NFL to jump into the head coaching position of a Chargers team that had a lot of things going for them, including they they lucked into a franchise quarterback uh, in the time he was there. Well, excuse me. Prior to him getting there, because that was the Anthony Lynn, and he comes in after Anthony Lynn, and you see the the totality of his work, and you are like, well, Anthony Lynn could have gone nine and eight and ten and seven, you know, he could have the same exact thing, certainly could have gone five and nine for you, Uh, and you know, that's why I think there is a lot of, and they they always just looked like they were underachieving. Again, one playoff appearance in all that period of time is kind of nuts, absolutely kind of nuts. Hey, Rob in the seven five seven says, I think the Niners should hire Chris Canty. So he isn't on the radio in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was an unexpected shot. Uh, that was an unexpected shot. I started listening. I was like, hey, I don't know. Uh, Rob Rob has sent me a couple things. He's, here's the thing, Rob, where they've got you. You 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 don't like them, but you listen every day. That's right. See, see that's like. The, so it really doesn't matter if you like him. It's uh-huh. just as long as you listen. And so you're doing your part for them. You know what I mean? So, like, that's always the thing. Like, I have friends that complain about certain people on television all the time to me. And I go, How do you know all this stuff? If you dislike it, well, I watch it every day. I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, let's go back for it. So it's not, they're not the problem. It's your problem, right? It's like one of those things. It's funny.
1: Your own worst enemy sort of situation. Here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rob. But anyway, we do appreciate your loyalty, Rob. I mean, Rob just says a what's on the air.
1: Hey, and I'm all for that, by the
0: way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Greg and Gloucester, here it is. Why don't we let Riverboat, Ron, and Staley become <laughs> defensive coordinators? Yes! I love that idea. I figure more dysfunctional than other teams. I, I, got, I got a better shot at the Super Bowl. I'm a little surprised Jack Del Rio's name hasn't come up.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he'd fit in real well there.
0: <laughs> uh, I think him and Bosa would get along great. Um, Kdub says, let <laughs> me ask you <laughs> this. What if the 49ers fired Shanahan and hired Belichick? If Belichick quit this team, uh, quit – this team in the Super Bowl and win, put this team in the Super Bowl and win. Could he put them in the Super Bowl and win? Yeah, I, I think he could. Could he? He'd them fix this?
1: the defense. That's uh, I. am 100 percent about that. i
0: uh, Yeah, I think Brock Purdy uh, would probably not like the mental torture of playing for him. But Purdy's
1: the next Tom Brady. But he's so the, but here he's here the next go. Tom Brady. There yeah, you so, go, yeah.
0: Or, or you just t- you know, or you just draft JJ McCarthy, the other next Tom Brady. We just continue the cycle of the next Tom Brady.
1: Are we going to have to do a what's your rank next Tom Brady? <laughs>
0: yeah, next Tom Brady, what's your rank? I would lo- I'd love to do that. Our guy G in the shop says, I work with people I don't like every day, and we got jobs done. <laughs> 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 Amen to that, man. Yeah. And I know you're talking about Paulie. I appreciate you doing that. that. That's a pretty cool subtweet of Polly.
1: Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Was that wisdom from G? Yes. Okay.
0: I like, it brought, sure. I like how you brought Polly into the combo. That was good. All right, uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to catch up with Chris Fimwood here uh, before we get out of here. Uh, we're here until 630 tonight. We're at Chartway Arena. ODU and the Raging Cajuns from Louisiana coming up uh, tonight at Center Dennis Wolf pregame show at 630. We'll take a timeout. We're at Chartway Arena. Uh, it is the Scott Jackson show prior to going to Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kingwall. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we're hoping to hear from uh, ODU baseball coach Chris Finbo before we get out of here. Let's get to our poll question of the day brought to you uh, by Dominion Floor Coverings um, at Jackson Sports on the X or at ESPN Radio 941. Uh, Which rookie quarterback would you want to see the Commanders draft right now? Right now, James. 43.8% 43.8% are all in on the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, followed by Caleb Williams at 27.6%, Drake May at 229 And then there's the others at 5.7% uh, that are in there as well.
1: feel like there's some Kool-Aid there.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a little bit of something going. Or maybe they just want them to draft him and then trade him to the Bears for the guy they'll draft, Caleb Williams, because Caleb Williams will refuse to go there, a la the Eli Manning-Philip Rivers draft. Maybe that's maybe that's all it is you that's going on.
1: You never know.
0: I don't know. You never know is right. So it should be uh, interesting. So keep at it. Uh, the poll will be open for like another, I don't know, 21 hours or something like that. Uh, so you can have at it. All 687 uh 757-687-9494, uh, Even G in the shop is voting Jaden Daniels um, as well. Greg in Gloucester says, I still do not understand... Um, how they lost this game defensively. The 49ers have Bosa, Warner, Gregory, Greenlaw, Young, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, and just guy called, uh, what's his name, Mahomes? The Mahomes fella? I mean, yeah. you should know this. You're a Broncos fan. You know the difference. Patrick Mahomes. That's how they didn't win it. Patrick Mahomes is the guy. But that defense had not been playing at a high level for a bunch of weeks. It, it really throughout the year. I mean, it has not. Equated I mean, in terms of the money they've spent in versus – I think we laid this out before the Super Bowl, right? How much more money was invested in the 49er defense versus the uh, – against the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense is, is really good.
1: Well, it's shocking great. that Kyle put all the money in the offense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. Like we were talking about this yesterday. They they've got to, they've got to spend on Ayuk right like his, yeah. his contracts up so they've got to they got to do that or let him play on the show me season and then maybe have to tag him which is never comfortable so they've got they still got investments with all those other guys that are increasing in their salaries uh, in the upcoming year so it's pretty wild and uh, that
1: Purdy bill comes due quicker too
0: that's true that Purdy you have got this year and that's it man you got one more year of that beauty of one million a year so there's definitely some decisions to be made there for uh, the uh, Niners. And, uh, again, if these reports are accurate, perhaps Brandon Staley of the building. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll tell you what, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio don't sound so bad after all. <laughs> uh, just, just saying. All right, uh, basketball-wise tonight, the Raging Cajuns are here. Uh, they have won eight of their last nine. They were the team that represented the Sun Belt last year in the postseason. By the way, have you noticed how much people, how many people are kind of walking around here with Raging Cage and Gear on? They, yeah, they, I was surprised. Well, when they came in for football this year, I don't know if I told you the story. I was I, I, I was coming up and I saw they had four buses. So like the but their bus game was really strong. Like they had serious support, right? If
1: you can get a fourth bus, that's yeah, you get huge. a fourth bus, huge. it's pretty big in
0: football, right? So they had four buses in football, but their basketball op as I remember before, pretty pretty significant. And they like a lot of teams, they've lost they lost big players in the offseason, the portal. They lost a center, a legit seven-footer, late in the offseason, which is always the kick in the you-know-what because you think, okay, we're safe. <laughs> it's safe to look at the portal. Jordan Brown, I believe is the kid's name, seven-footer with a Memphis. I mean, that, that just kills you because if I think he comes back. They're a guaranteed pick to win the conference again. But they've pivoted nicely. They got, they got a wide body uh, by the name of uh, – Katinge, um Hosanna Katingay, who's like 6'8", six, six, he's like two seventy. I mean, he's got a little tractor trailer to him. You know what I mean? Dude's got really soft hands, p- passes out of the post. Uh, be interested in I mean, ODU has no size as we know. I mean they have no. little you know, they have you know, young, uh, inexperienced size in um, Leroy Odeahi, but he's Leroy's gonna probably be giving up I don't know, a hundred pounds of this kid. <laughs> maybe not. 100, maybe I'm exaggerating. <laughs> like sixty-five to seventy pounds. This Andy pump passing and kick. Right. It's like Ra- Andy Ritten pump passing kick. It's going to look like it if you're watching the game tonight, or if you're here in person. But no, I mean it's it's a big uh, you know weight class difference. So it'll be fascinating to see uh, how that goes uh, tonight for for, Le- for for Leroy. He's played well uh, here uh, in his time as a starter. All right, let's bring in right now, Old Dominion baseball coach uh, Chris Finwood. Good enough to give us some time uh tonight coming off the practice field uh coach how you doing
2: i'm doing great just uh just got done and wrapping it up in the, the haze in the barn so to speak so time to get this thing cranked up tomorrow
0: yeah george washington rolling in for three uh this weekend looks like uh you know it might be a little chilly a little bit some sun at least and uh no, looks to be dry which is always the most important part right
2: yeah, yeah. February baseball is all always chilly everywhere, but uh, that's when yeah. <laughs> you get to start, and so you put extra sweatshirt on and, and go get them. I think the weather's going to be in the fifties tomorrow and sunny, so that'll be just fine.
0: That's good stuff. I know you got, um, you know, you got a pretty good mix of returning players and and new on this roster. What did you think about the the Sun Belt saying you guys uh, in the preseason are route number six, and, and obviously a very good baseball conference.
2: Yeah, I don't think much about it. I mean, four of those five teams in front of us were all in the regionals last year. Um, and the other one, Texas State, uh, was in the Super Regional the year before that. So it's you're going to have to beat good people to uh, finish in the top of the league. And, you know, I, I don't know that preseason rankings are worth the paper they're printed on. They're They create conversation around the water cooler, but that's about it in my opinion.
0: Well, you got a serious out-of-conference schedule. In addition to a very good conference, I think we have six teams that were in the uh, the twenty-three NCAA regionals uh, in terms of your opponents. You got UVA, of course, on the schedule a couple times in yeah. Charlottesville and a third time here uh, at Harbor Park on the sixteenth. Uh, just just talk about the importance of, of scheduling this way and how that prepares you for for a very difficult conference.
2: Well, I I don't know that we challenge you know, and, and scheduling is tricky because you're doing it. Three years in advance, sometimes. Yeah. And, um, the one thing we do know is, you know, in the non conference party, University of Virginia and East Carolina are always going to be top 25 type teams. And, you know, we got Northeastern on there's preseason rank. Rutgers has been a regional last couple of years of outstanding program. They were in the NCAA tournament last year. And, um, so yeah, it's, a, it's definitely, we challenged ourselves much more this year. And, you know, it's, uh, it'll be a, a, a schedule where hopefully if you can win enough of them, uh, you're going to have a pretty good RPI.
0: Yeah, no doubt. We're here with uh, Chris Finwood, ODU uh, baseball coach here. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Uh, Chris, uh, guest line. Uh, last year, I know at the end of the season, you talked about, you know, maybe there's some things, you know, chemistry-wise, you know, attitude-wise that, that weren't the best. Uh, when knew and, and you learned from those things, how do you feel like this crew is coming
2: together here in the early going? Yeah, I think the things we learned, we intentionally went after and, uh, this has been a really fun group to be around. Um, they, they care about each other. They care about the right things off the field and we've got really good leadership. Um, so they're, they're, they're built from a character and environment culture standpoint to, to withstand the ups and downs of a college baseball season, certainly. And, you know, we got to get out there and just start playing and see what we got. Well, I mean,
0: how helpful is it too when you bring back a, the majority of, of a starting infield? I mean, how, when you start looking at your team as you build it out, I mean, how important is that to have yeah,
2: three of the four infielders are returners and multiple year players, and um, that's always super helpful. But we certainly improved our our defense up the middle. Our our catcher Evan Holman is fantastic. Our center fielder Stephen is fantastic. Kyle Edwards is a is a really, really good shortstop. Um and so I, I'm I'm really happy with the you know the potential for this team to be a very good defensive team.
0: I know you got a a former cadet coming over and the in the grad transfer, um, which which is I know that means a lot to you. Uh but what what do you expect from uh about Hunter Cole?
2: Hunter's been an awesome part of our, our program. He he jumped right in. His energy his family, left-handed hitter uh, who runs the bases really well, too. He's one of our best base feelers, actually. Um, and so I, I expect him to help us. Not sure on the roll yet. That'll take a little bit of ironing out to figure that out. But he has been using them and has already added so much to the, the culture just with his attitude, his experience, and, and his work ethic, and you know just his outlook.
0: Yeah, local too, right? Granby, Granby High School as well. Um, I understand too that you got a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a connection this year with with this group uh, when it comes to the uh, the uh, Peninsula Pilots as well.
2: Yeah, I always do, you know. But uh, we've we've got a number of guys on our team um, that have played for the Pilots through the years uh, in bits and pieces. And Henry Morgan over there are, are great supporters. We're, we're great supporters of each other. And, you know, we kind of piggyback with them on trying to give our kids the best overall experience possible. Well, that's great. Well, it should be exciting tomorrow. What, what do you
0: expect from uh, from George Washington uh, as you look at uh, the squad they're bringing in?
2: Well, they've got a very new team. they returning guys, a couple arms. And, you know, the early season baseball, I, I mean, college athletics in general, right, a lot of teams are saying that. Uh, but yeah. early season baseball, I think we tend to, probably focus more on us and what we're doing and trying to do than um, necessarily what the opponent's trying to do. So we'll, we'll get into the game and see where we're at on that. But we're, we're really focused on, you know, having the right approaches, competing the right way and what we can do.
0: Well, it's given us some time after practice and uh, good luck to you this weekend of the season. We'll definitely be checking in throughout.
2: Yeah, man, I'm enjoying listening to you on the uh, the basketball broadcast. And well, thank uh, you. good luck to those guys tonight,
0: certainly. I appreciate it, yeah. they could. Good one tonight, big big challenge. Thanks for your time, Coach. Appreciate it. All
2: right, Scott. See you, buddy.
0: Bye. All right, take care. Chris Finwood, good enough to give us some time tonight, uh, or tomorrow I should say, uh, George Washington at 3 o'clock. And as he said, good weather for it, 50s. you got to like that. And then the game on Saturday also in the middle of the afternoon as well, a, a 2 o'clock first pitch and Sunday 1 o'clock first pitch. So all afternoon from uh, the Bud this weekend. All right, appreciate uh, checking in with uh, Finney. All right, coming up, uh, we'll get back to a little bit of college basketball. Uh, before we get out of here, we got the uh, pregame show coming up at the bottom of the hour as well. we got a final look at the update desk next with James Witham. Scott Jackson, your priority auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw, injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. And we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Laws. We come to you from Chartway Arena for a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. A guy, Jimmy, kind of disappointed Jimmy Lewis didn't come by here. We're in his home st- arena, for goodness sakes. Um, did send me a meme that says, listen, listen, haters. Since get little kid with the Chiefs logo on. It's Chiefs time, baby. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be insufferable, right? Oh, yeah, he's the got the right year. to post this stuff all year, Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. All I mean, he, yeah he's going to be insufferable this year. I mean, unbelievable, but... Hey, man, you know, you win the championship, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Or in this case, win back-to-back championships. And I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, By the way, I think Pittsburgh Ross recommends that we trademark Magical Mahomes.
1: How do we know that somebody already has it?
0: I'm sure somebody has, right? I'm sure
1: he has. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes has.
0: Well, Mahomes should have had all this stuff done, right? So did you see this weird thing today with him and his wife um, that she shared about when he told her, they were going to win the Super Bowl. Like, he sent her some text on January 5th or something that he decided <laughs> at that moment they were going to win the Super Bowl That's or an odd time to decide. And, and, and but, she put right. it in, like, some post on the X. Uh, anyway, um, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny, uh, you know, that, that he did that. Uh, but, you know, hey, maybe it hit him. I don't know what was so significant about the 5th, but, uh, you know, that's something that he saw. But, anyway, it's interesting. You
1: know, good for her, though, for not sharing that sooner. Yeah. Because if she had, it would have been all we were talking oh, yeah. about for, like, two weeks. Right. like <laughs> It's
0: like somebody getting the championship tattoo before they win the championship. Right. Like you just yeah. don't, yeah. you know. You know, afterwards, sure. You can tell them about it. Um, but apparently called his shot on uh, January 5th. He texted her on a Friday afternoon said, I decided we're going to win the Super Bowl. I'll see y'all in Vegas. I'm not done. Uh, that was him. And. That's what, he, that's what he called, and they did it. So there you go.
1: Good for him, man. <laughs> Good for him.
0: So now, And then there's proof. There's the text proof that he uh, felt that way uh, after, you know, uh, on that date. It's interesting. Now a three-time Super Bowl champion texted his family ahead of their final – this is ahead of their final regular season game. Texts the entire family and tells them this. So I guess he was just putting out for everybody.
1: Imagine having that much confidence in a year where your offense has been probably the Awful, worst it's right, been right. since your tenure.
0: I mean, think Crazy. about think about where he was statistically this year in comparison to where he's always been. Like, he was literally the mids in terms of the quarterback play, which mm-hmm. is insane because nobody would think of him that way. But that's, that, that, were, that was the statistics. That, were, that was the regular season that Patrick Mahomes went through He was literally below some media, you know, some so he's behind Cousins and Stafford and Herbert, who obviously missed some time at the end of the season. He's behind all those guys. Brock Purdy? Yeah, Brock Purdy was number one in both categories. Uh, In terms of rating, you know, uh, Mahomes was even further down. QBR kind of Factors in like other things like running and you know the plays you just the you know the plays that should have been made and those kind of things in your favor. But anyway, so he was 14th in rating, which Oof. is like the old school measurement of quarterbacks now or 13th because they have Mason Rudolph only played four games in this thing, which is kind of silly. Um, and, and Cousins, by the way, only played eight games and Jake Browning. But you get my point. He was outside of the top ten right. in quarterback rating, and in terms of yards, I mean, you know, there's a guy who's thrown for. Uh, I mean, significant amount of yardage numbers in the past. I mean, he was only at, you know, forty-one eighty-three this year, which is just good for six in the NFL. And you're talking about a guy who, you know, one point threw for 5,000 in a season uh, in his second, you know, his first year as a starter, right, like, in 50 touchdowns. I mean, his first year as a starter, he threw 50 touchdowns in 5,000 yards. This year was his lowest touchdown total since, I think, 2019 uh, when he missed games. And, he, you know, this, this, this season he, he sat out the last game. Right. But he missed two games that year. So, I mean, this is the lowest as, as a full-time starter that he ever had. But yet, like you said, had the confidence and the foresight. It, although, if you'd seen the team this year, right, their defense, had a, they had a Super Bowl defense all year. Oh, of course. I mean, I, oh, of I think course. We, yeah. w- one thing I would say is throughout the season, when you talked about the Chiefs, the one thing you'd say, hey, if they could just figure some things out, you know, do that, right? Figure that out. If they can yeah. just figure some things out on offense, they're going to be fine. Because this defense looks so dang good, right? They are absolutely awesome. Yeah. You know? By the way, we got to thank you. This is rare. We got to thank you uh, for doing these things. But uh, thanks for putting the most deserving team in the bottom five, Tennessee Titans. hashtag Titan up. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, I it wasn't it wasn't something I took lightly. I felt very strongly about it. So oh. As did I. Yeah. I think this is Donovan. All right. Yeah, no problem, man. I I had no problem doing it. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's there's just too many questions here. I mean, you know, maybe the Callahan kid ends up being one of these boy wonders. I don't know. Uh, His daddy's going along for the ride, which I think was actually a very smart hire. But there's just a lot of things. You're going to lose Derrick Henry most likely. I don't see him sticking around. There, there's going to be some massive changes there. They still don't have. They still haven't figured out who AJ who's replaced AJ Brown. There, they got a lot of things to work on. So, I yeah. mean, if
1: Tajay Spears ends up being the second yeah. coming, then great. Yeah. that that I'd I'd love to be wrong for Titans yeah. fans. I just I don't see it, man.
0: Yeah, uh, Cliff and Hampton says you know Chris Jones was a huge reason the 49ers couldn't get on track. He lived in their backfield. He only had two tackles and two assists, but he pressured big time. Yep. Yes, he did. Uh, there was one pressure. He's absolutely ready to mutilate Purdy. I mean, <laughs> and and um, you know, give Christian McCaffrey credit. He comes out of nowhere and just chips a piece of him. And it th- but it threw Purdy off of his his point. And he had a kind of scramble, and it, you know, he wasn't himself. And look, he's he's done some good things off schedule as time's gone on here, but that's not his comfort zone consistently, right? He needs a cl- he needs it to be a little cleaner than it was, or have a place where he could step up. And you're right, Chris Jones was fantastic, and, and also. Don't forget on the back end, these guys, man, they stick on. They stick on the receivers. The, the, that secondary, yeah, that secondary
1: teams. was incredible. Yeah, they, yeah. they were
0: very good all year, and then that game was no, was no exception as well. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. We're gonna keep the text coming in. Um, we should give uh, AJ back for King Henry from our Eagles fans uh, here saying that. Wow, would that ah. be something, right? But, no, you don't trade for no, running no, no, back. No no. For no, no, no. Do, do people in Philadelphia – got to we got de- to get into this this offseason because apparently there's some discontent there, right, with with quarterback, star receiver. Um, you know, there's there's some stuff going on, right? It's Should Philadelphia. Say, there's well, y- always
1: discontent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There. But, I mean, not just, I'm not some of the fans. <laughs> I'm talking about inside the oh, locker Oh, no, there's
1: room. no question about there's that. There's been yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah,
0: yeah. rumorage about that um, – a lot of rumblings, if you will. There's a lot of these network fellows that, that no kind of dance around it. I'm like, tell me this story already. What are we doing here?
1: Yeah, what's the secret, guys?
0: Yeah, yeah. And here's one Eagles fan going, A.J. Brown is such a bum. He has to go. So told I you, man. They're this. turning on him. I they're love the energy and the anger, man. Um, man, man. Oh man that is so, so good. Um, part of it as well all right 757-687-9494 757-687-9494 all right we'll dive into some what we missed on the other side then we'll hand it over to ted alexander and dennis wolf as well odu and the raging cajuns tonight uh here on priority auto sports radio 94.1 with coverage starting at 6 30 scott jackson show priority auto sports radio 94.1 the scott jackson show on priority auto sports radio 94.1 it's been a long day, and sometimes things fall through the cracks. It's time to figure out what we missed on the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, here from Chartway Arena, we're about to wrap this sucker up and hand it off to uh, Ted Alexander and Dennis Wolf of the Toyota pregame show ODU, Louisiana, raging Cajuns tonight. Um, Tiger Woods, they say he moves the needle, right? He played today uh, in the Genesis Invitational. Apparently, according to uh, ESPN, the bets. Uh, it also the Tiger return doesn't even doesn't just mean more eyes on television, but actually more bets. Um, Tiger was one twenty-five to one to win the Genesis Invitational. Uh, it's the biggest long shot he's been in a PGA tournament for more than fifteen years, according to ESPN stats and info. His previous long shot was a hundred to one. Uh, at the same event in 2023. Despite the immense odds, the public is excited to have him back on the course. He garnered tournament leading 8% of the tickets at Bet MGM, which also saw a notable uptick in overall wagers compared to other golf tournaments with Tiger in the field. ESPN bet says six and a half percent of the bets on 48-year-old are on the 48-year-old trailing only Scotty Scheffler at 7.6%. Now Tiger was, what, over par today, right? He was one over. One over, yep. One over. And I do believe, I think, today the odds were to, you could take the under on him breaking par. And I believe the guy who does the show before us, who's the gambling expert, did that and, and obviously lost. Yeah, Joe Fortenball lost, Forten lost a little bit money. of money yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about it quite a bit today. Uh, you know, this, like our, our caller or our texter earlier this week talked about how he, this was his first Super Bowl with, with the gambling. If you want to make, like, golf more interesting, yeah. Definitely. Get on the old sports apps. Yeah, that
1: is the <laughs> thing that would make golf more interesting.
0: It makes a lot of things more interesting when you're literally invested in it in this case. But at the same time, you know, again, a guy coming off of, you know, his couch as long as Tiger's been out to win seems a little extreme. I could understand, you know around betting on around but to bet him to win the tournament you know just i guess you got No, <laughs> they're golfers they got disposable income Look, what am i thinking
1: if you're tossing like five bucks on it yeah, yeah. knock yourself out but I if guess. that if that's your if that's yeah. your big money retirement plan i would i would check against
0: that yeah so the big news uh is uh fred manfred uh the baseball commissioner today announced that he is not coming back after his contract expires but that's still four years away or five years away at this yeah, point, thanks right? Yeah,
1: for, thanks for announcing yeah. it now. <laughs>
0: it was like, whoa, he's, he's not coming back. And go, uh, he runs through 2029. 20, oh, okay. So after that, they'll have to find a new commissioner. Who knows? Maybe Roger Goodell would be interested in the job at that point. Uh, or maybe Adam Silver. I, I don't know. Um Pete Mishu, by the way, in the house here tonight. Uh, I didn't Voice think we are going to get a celebrity I tonight. Know, Voice of the Tides is here uh, getting ready to check out some ODU hoops. I uh, saw him walking around the concourse, came by. So, uh, yeah, we got uh, – it is almost baseball season. It's crazy. Again, ODU baseball tomorrow uh, at uh, 3 o'clock against George Washington. And thanks to Chris Finwood, among others, for joining us today. Also, Linnell Willingham, who joined us earlier as well to talk about the um, Washington Commander Staff. Presentation today, as they named all the staff that includes, of course, Daryl Tap r- from right here in the 757, the uh, Deep Creek High School legend and Hokey, who is uh, the defensive line coach uh, on that staff today, as that was all officially official announced. Because again, a lot of this stuff is coming out via media reports, people's agents, and things like that. But now it's all official, official. All right, speaking of official, official, although there are still, you know, 20 hours to vote. Our poll question today, brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings, dealing with. On the X, dealing with uh, Commander's draft options at number two. Who would you like to see them draft? 45% of you are all in on the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels. And I wonder if this is just a realization that that's who they're going to have to select because Caleb Williams is going to be gone, or is it really a shift away from Caleb Williams, who is second at
1: 27.9%? I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think that, that reality is starting to set in. and I think part of this is also... You know, and rightfully so, fans not wanting to give anything up to go get Caleb Williams.
0: Yeah, I think there is a little bit of that, right? People just don't have the appetite to get rid of anything uh, to, um, you know, to, to get a, to make a draft selection. Or feeling like all the quarterbacks are similar-ish. But yeah, we don't know how they feel, the folks that are going to have to coach them and uh, pick them. All right, so uh, Drake May 3rd uh, at 21.6%, and then, you know, there's always the other, the the hey, draft down guy, and, you know, get all the draft stock, the Sam Hal Hive. Uh-huh. The Sam Hal Hive people, God bless you for still being there for him. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I can't do it, folks. I'm yeah, sorry. I can't yeah. be the Sam Hal Hive guy anymore. I'm not doing it. It's all too much this year. That's uh, – Too much damage done there uh, this season to young Sam Howell. Sorry. All right. So, thanks to all of our guests rolling through today. Tomorrow, we got a full, full on show. Tim Murray's back, by the way. You know, just because football's over, Tim's not over. That's right. So, Tim's going to join us. He's actually been very good on his college picks, certainly better than his NFL picks. Uh, So, (laughs) he'll be joining us at five. Okay. Booyah. So, he'll be joining us at four o'clock tomorrow on the show. Patrick Stevens uh, is going to do some bracketology with us at uh, five. He's for the Washington Post. He does a great job with all the bracketology every year, and tell, he'll get to tell us what are the big games this weekend in terms of the field of 64. Obviously, Hokie fans, you know, they're starting to watch these computer numbers now because it's getting, getting a little yeah. late. It's getting a little late in the party uh, for them. Virginia's pretty much in the field, but now they're worried about seeding. And uh, also uh, tomorrow, my friend Davey Siegel, who uh, covers NASCAR for uh, Sirius XM and does a uh, podcast of his own, will join us to talk Daytona at 6 o'clock tomorrow. So you will not want to miss any of that stuff tomorrow here on the very big show. All right, we got to thank Larry King Law. Larry King Law presents us injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. For the good folks at Larry King Law, James with him. Thank you. We'll do it again tomorrow before the weekend. Before the weekend. Uh, Thanks to Derek, our promotions man who is out here uh, getting us set up and making us sound good and look good. We appreciate that. Uh, Richie Somerville back in the studios. Ted Alexander, Dennis Wolf, straight ahead. It's the Toyota pregame show. ODU, take it on Louisiana Raging Cajuns. If you want to watch with pictures tonight, uh, tune to ESPN Plus. Myself and Billy Mann. We will see you tomorrow at three o'clock. Here, Scott Jackson show. Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. Good night.